Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Fire. Okay. Hi, everybody. We are... The Renee Stuff Centers podcast with special guest and awesome person in general, Andrea Petkovic. We have been doing a daily podcast for you here from the Australian Open. We hope you've appreciated. Actually, I have to say, Petko, had some really nice messages from people on Twitter oh, nice. and Instagram just thanking us for doing this every day. They're in, you know, all kinds of places in Europe. Nice. Uh, I think there was a message from Finland or in Scandinavia somewhere. Um, so to, to that gentleman, thanks for writing to us and appreciating it. He's missing Australia. He's missing the Australian yeah. Open and the summer and everything. So um, we appreciate you guys listening. And um, if you wouldn't mind pushing subscribe on Now That Person and <laughs> giving us a rating, there were some people that were getting That is it. so cringy of you. <laughs> it's so cringy of me. But, you know, it's how we survive, Petco. Yes. It's how we pay for coffee in the morning. Yes. You know, with all my $5 that I get yes, from this. Actually, exactly. I don't even think I get paid for any of this. <laughs> Um, but uh, I appreciate you, my friend, being here with me every single uh, day. Uh, so I appreciate that. Because for some reason on Spotify, some people have gone on there and given us um, really bad star ratings because they uh-huh. haven't appreciated um, some of the things we've said about their favorite players. Uh-huh. So they feel like they go on and they can destroy. So if you wouldn't mind going on and giving us yeah. a five star, we'd really? appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and just to this matter, I know how it feels. I have my faves and I get annoyed when people say bad things about them. But uh, I think we try not to say bad things. I think we just try to put things into perspective. That's yeah. at least my how I try to do. And if I fail at that, then I apologize. But we try to explain where things come from and why we think it could be better. And we hold them. And I think we said that on the last podcast already. We hold our top players to a very high standard. Yes, we, this is we, uh, do. we, and that's because we respect them and we see what they are capable of. And especially you were a much more talented player than I was, but I had my limitations. And so when when I see oh, players, and so did I. Well, but <laughs> yeah, but you know, when you then see somebody so talented with all the gifts, you want them to thrive. You want them to succeed. You see, you want them to take out the best they can out of them. And I think that's just the standard we hold our top players to. So let's start with the first match of the day then, because that's a perfect segue, because <laughs> you have somebody who's so talented, um, has so much game, mm-hmm. and yet is a mental, is getting better. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a description of what her coach said after the match, but a little bit of a mental midget sometimes, and she'll be the first person to admit it, in uh, Noskova, uh, not Noskova, Kostchuk, <laughs> against Coco Goff. Mm. So you've got Coco Goff, who's considered 
considerably not a mental midget. Like she is, you know, when, okay, the technique breaks down on the forehand, she gets a bit frustrated, she misses some shockers, and she's had some shocking forehands yesterday. But she stays so composed and mm. she's so in the moment. And, mm. yeah, there were times yesterday she kind of gestured up to her, crowd, her player box like she was frustrated. But in general terms, she is as good as you get when it comes to composure, especially for a 19-year-old. Yes, absolutely. And then down the other end, you've got Kostchuk, who's just like every single point in between serves, like looking up at her coach, like yelling at poor Sandra, like nonstop. But yet she's so freaking good. And I said to Sandra after the match, just a quick story. I said, oh, my God, when she I literally said to her, man, when she learns to shut her mouth and just play tennis and not complain and act like a 12 year old, she's going to be really good. And she goes, well, the good thing is she was acting like a five year old last week. So this is an improvement. (laughs) So anyway, just give me your thoughts on the match overall. It's pretty it was very dramatic. It was rough. It was rough. So it's interesting that it played out that way because I called the two previous matches of Marta Kostiuk and I said to you, and she's really improved, but her behavior, I don't think that's going to get her through because I think she can win a slam yeah. one day. I really think so. Yeah. She's so talented. She can uh, accelerate the ball on the backhand, on the forehand, still a work in progress, but she has the change of rhythm. She can play at the net. She's one of the most complete athletes out there. She's so quick. She used to be a gymnast as a kid. Yeah, you can see. like She's yeah. agile, but also powerful. Yeah. She has that combination, which is very rare. Normally, <laughs> you see agile players that are not as powerful or very powerful players that are not as agile, <clears throat> and she has it both. And uh, and I said it to you, but I thought against the top player, she will pull herself together because you can't afford to. And this is the thing. It's not about the behavior and the yelling at the coach. We see it from other players and it spurs them on to play better. The thing is, if you want to win a Grand Slam tournament, you have to learn to manage your energies yeah. rather than your emotions, your energies. And you could see that she was cooked. And yes, she had much tougher matches than Coco did in the previous rounds. She played much longer. She was on the court, I think, the second longest of all the quarterfinalists. So she had that to go through. But then especially, you cannot let any ounce of energy lay on the floor. It's just not allowed. And you can see in the end, it was a very hot day. Now, the match was not great. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there were a lot of unforced errors. And this is what I mean by trying to put things into perspective. The reason for that was it was the first hot day in a very long time. It just affects your game. You touch the ball on the strings and it flies. It makes you insecure and you start to push the ball. And this is what we saw in the first in the first between the two of them, between the two of them. So this is one. The conditions change dramatically overnight and it just like you arrived at the new tournament and you don't feel the ball. So this is just a little bit of inside what happens in the player's mind and why it was tough to play. And they played at the hottest time oh of my the God, day. Yes. The others came out. It was still hot, but the shade was on Rod Laver. Yeah, I mean, Djokovic was like so happy they were going so long. He's like, oh, yeah. I might start in the evening the yeah. way the two are playing. Yes. So he, yes. got, he got real lucky. Yeah. He even said after the post-match, we'll get into that match, but yeah. he said, you know, um, well, when the shade came over, it was a really hot day, but the shade came over, I was like, you lucky, yes. you lucky, because he was struggling, although and, Taylor struggled. And one thing has to be said, <clears throat> Marta Kostiuk played an almost, and you, I, th- I know you want to talk about the tiebreak, so I'll leave that one to you, mm. but Marta Kostiuk played an almost perfect tactical match until she didn't. <clears throat> but she was so disciplined battering Coco's forehand over and over and over again, waiting for the shot one, really broke that stroke down. And I was so impressed with her. And I think if she had just contained a bit more energy, 
she might have been able to hang in longer. I don't know. We don't know. She had long matches before. It was exhausting for her. But overall, a great showing for Marta Kostiuk. And I hope we see her on a more regular basis in these matches and these states of, of the tournaments. Yeah, I think the biggest issue for me was there were times where she did play a fairly good tactical match, but when it really, really, really yeah. counted, she played a horrible tactical match. For example, on the couple of set points, the one set point she... I can't remember. Did she have two set points? I think she had two, yeah. <clears throat> well, and one of them in particular, and maybe even the one after that to give Coco a set point, she had sitters on the forehand and chose to go to the backhand mm. and missed it. Like, you could... And tried to go pump it like 100 miles an hour mm. to the forehand, to the backhand, right? Instead, she could have played 60% of a forehand to Coco's forehand in that moment. Not saying that Coco's going to miss all the time. Yeah. But she had just missed a couple of really basic forehands, Coco, like mm. and badly. Mm. Shanking, you know, this and that, or <clears throat> halfway up the net. And then she gets set point and cho chooses, uh, chooses to go massively to the backhand. Mm. I'm like, high risk, you mean? High risk. And she didn't need to. She could have gone to the forehand, probably elicited a, ma a mistake, and won the first set. And it would have been interesting if she had won the first set, because mm. that would have put a ton of pressure on Coco. Instead, Coco gets away with it. And then the flip side of that is Coco just hung in there. Yeah. And that's what makes her so good, is that she just hangs around, yeah. you know, long enough. Second set, it looks like Coco's going to close it out, up 5-3, and then she got really tight again, and mm. her ball was short. And Marta kind of, beware the danger of a player like Marta Kostiuk can hit winners from anywhere when they finally say, fuck it, I don't give a shit. Mm. And she started hitting winners all over the place mm. at 5-3, and Coco got really, really tight she and short. She played so short, yeah. <clears throat> and then Marta made, played a great tiebreak. In yeah. this circumstance, she was incredibly disciplined mm -hmm. in the second set tiebreak. You could tell that Sandra had said, focus on the forehand. We could hear it in the com commentary. And she did. She stayed with the forehand in like literally like a 10 or 15 ball rally. She hit almost every ball to the mm -hmm. forehand. And then when it's so, super short, then you can go wherever yes, you want. Yes. Um, but I thought that was, she tactically played the second set tiebreak beautifully. The mistake I think she made, Coco went off the court. It was bloody hot day. Yeah. Coco went off the court, changed her outfit, probably had a little word to herself in the mirror. She did say after the match that she had to be more aggressive mm. because she knew she pussied out. Let's face it. <laughs> I mean, you know, our favorite saying, you're a, or a pab, um, she did. She got tight and she knew it. And so she made a concerted effort to come back in the third set and she served bigger. She what, was seven yes. miles an hour yeah. average bigger on the first serve when mm. she came back and she was hitting it in because I think her conviction was, I'm going to make my one of my best shots. Mm. And her forehand dropped a little bit in speed, but I think she was making it with depth yeah, more, okay. right? So she it wasn't as attackable. And the backhand was way up yeah. as well. So she, the beautiful thing about Coco in the third set is that she utilized her strengths mm. really well again and she nullified her weakness mm. and she made the forehand deep and that was the difference in the match and on the other hand Kostyuk sat at the changeover mm. sitting in that heat dancing and sort of like really loose on the changeover singing to the music all of that sort of stuff where she should have in my opinion gone off the court as well and reset mm. knowing that you're playing against a Grand Slam champion yeah. who's clearly fit mm. who's clearly going to run all day not going to give me anything free I think she should have gone and reset herself and yeah. said she sat on the court and she should have won the first couple of games but I think that lack of focus mm. sitting there and sort of kind of almost you switching off yeah. being focused and you know what it's like when you switch off, it's hard to switch it back on. Mm. And I don't care what anyone says. I think she she made a mistake not going off mm. the court, and I think that's what cost her. Let's, and, and a better player in yes. coming out in the first. Yes. So. Uh, let's talk just briefly, very mm. uh, 
three sentences from you. Coco's serve, Coco's forehand did not look good yesterday in the first two no. two sets. She managed to turn that somewhat around. What was up with that serve? Because I saw a few double faults in the bottom of the net, like almost and in, into her own feet. Did you see any? Because you were courtside, do you see yeah. tactically anything? I think. Uh, sorry, technically, not tactically. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> honestly, I think her ball toss was way too far ahead of her, particularly mm. on the first serve. Um, and if your ball toss is ahead of you, and she's throwing it shorter now, a little bit lower. Mm. If it's short, if it's lower and in front of you, you are hitting in a part of the racket where you're not getting uh, racket head speed and snap at the top. So you're missing it long a lot or in the net. I mean, she was just mm. all over the place with her ball toss yesterday. I would mm. like to see a stat of her ball toss mm. where it was going because it was all over the shop. And mm. I think that really hurt her. But again, um, I think the only thing as a coach that I would go and talk to her about is you see the way you played in the third? That's what you have to do yeah. in the next match. Yeah. Just put away the first two sets. Mm. She was obviously nervous. She hadn't been pushed in this tournament at all, really. Yeah. I mean, Dolhide was her biggest, toughest opponent, um, and she played well. But I think I would be focusing solely on the third set. This is how you need to play. This is the mindset you need to have, and that's what you need to do going forward. I would just forget about the first two sets yeah. completely and stay positive. And I, and I know Brad, he will do the same thing. So she goes up now against... Arena Sabalenka. Arena Sabalenka. It's a rematch of the US Open final. Whoa. She Sabalenka was so good. is looking fucking good. Yeah. I thought she might be tested yesterday. She played against Krajikova, who's also a former Grand Slam champion, who beat Sabalenka last year in that amazing run in Dubai where she beat the number one, two, three yeah, players in the world. Insane. The toughest draw Ever. of all year. <laughs> um, but. Um, Krajikova, I don't know, she was missing a little bit yesterday, but Sabalenka was so good and, ooh, man. But I, she I had one say, or two random games, though, on her serve, but the first set would, and the second set, yes. where she just made horrific errors to lose yes. her serve. She cannot do that against Coco. No, however, I think, so what I really liked about Krajikova, she was, in the beginning, she was trying to play her game. Her game is take the balls on the rise, almost half volley them, and redirect and have this beautiful technique, so clean. And Arena was playing so deep and so heavy that you can't do that. No. And she was missing and framing because it's just hard to play half. And the thing is, I played with Arena a lot of times, unfortunately for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I know how her <clears throat> ground strokes feel like. And the thing is, it's not power only, it's especially on the forehand, is heavy. Her balls are heavy. What that means is when you connect with the ball, the rotation that she puts on it pushes you back, yeah. right? So you have to have your full body weight behind the ball and really push, especially if you're not as strong. And Krejciko is small. It's quite she's, small. But she's pretty strong. She's strong, but she's not as tall to, yeah. you know, take it every time yeah. on that rise. It pushes your racket back. So you really have to put all your body weight into it so you can control it. And I think when you try to play these almost half volleys like Krejcikova does, it's really hard to do. And what I loved about what she tried to do in the second set, she tried to change it up. It yeah, wasn't easy, but she tried the high ones. Yeah. She tried the slices. Yeah. She tried to come to the net. And maybe, maybe that investment paid a bit of dividend when, as, as a, as a Renka, I'm saying, when Arena missed a few shots because yeah. maybe there were a lot of different paces coming at her and she just lost, lost rhythm for a, for a brief second. But it was, but this is also just shows you how confident Arena is right now. It was fourth. She was up four one in the second. Krejcikova comes back to four three. Four three. It's thirty all. The first like dangerous moment in the whole match, and she serves two, two big it. serves. Uh -huh. Done. 
5-3, didn't doesn't lose a point after that and the match was over. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, and this just shows you the confidence, whereas if you look at last year, how many times she was up a set and a break, she was up in a set and a break against Krejcikova in Dubai, the, the match you just mentioned. Six love, three one. Exactly. And how she loses her path, loses clarity, just yeah. goes wayward. All of a sudden, she didn't do that. On the contrary, she dialed up and won the match. And I said it yesterday, and I'm sorry if I jinxed her, but she's the player to beat. Oh, 100%. She is ahead of the entire pack yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, if she plays the way she's been playing and Coco plays remotely like she did yesterday, it will be a two and two mm. um, or a three and three because Coco's just such a great fighter. But I do Coco, think can, that... Coco can serve well and she can retrieve well. And the one thing about Sabalenka in that rematch from the US Open Finals is that there's not going to be 20,000 people on Coco's side yes. in that match. It will be very even. Sabalenka is very liked in this country. They love her sort of chutzpah and her humor yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And in fact, she's a defending champion. Um, but they also love Coco. So it'll be yeah. an interesting mix yeah. of, I think, tennis fans here in Australia are really knowledgeable. And I think they'll be just, I think they'll be really into the match. Yeah. But I don't think there's going to be parochial either way. So yes. it'll be fun. We look well, forward to it. Well, and it has to be mentioned, Coco has a 4-2 <clears throat> head-to-head. Yeah. I'm a strong believer in head-to-head. So clearly... Coco has a game that puts Arena in uncomfortable positions. Yeah. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. And this is a golden rule in tennis that I've seen over and over and over again. When you get through a terrible match, when you haven't felt one shot. When you're a good player. When you're a good player, you will play amazing the next match. Yep. That's normally because you're just happy to still be there and you will swing freely I'm not sure because some of the shots yesterday from to yesterday from Coco looked so bad. Whether it's a technical issue, then you won't be able to swing through yeah. it if it's a technical issue. But if she was just tight, the conditions were different, and she was afraid to lose, I think she will play much better than. Yeah, than I, I hope she plays a lot better. She's she's been pretty scratchy throughout this whole tournament. Mm. So I think you know maybe that switch will switch now. The pressure's technically off her. Yeah. Not technically supposed to win this match, uh, as far as seeds are concerned, and everyone's talking about how good Sabalenka's playing. So maybe maybe um, Coco will relax enough and swing through that forehand, and we'll have a match on our hands. Because if it's anything like the drama at the U.S. Open, I'm here for it. <laughs> um, um, just a really quick. Um, the matches today. We don't usually give a preview, but um, Kinwen, uh, Chinwen. Uh, 
Chen Wen Zhang, I know Kate Caitlin's going to shoot me for saying that, but, um, <laughs> and Kilinskaya, Noskova, Yastremska. We're going to have one of those in this, two of those in the semifinals, and someone new is going to be in the final. Mm. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll we'll obviously tell you all about it after today's play. But oh, well, let's get to the men, Novak and Fritz. In the day session, I thought that Taylor had a great um, game plan yesterday to come out and play the first game on his serve for 20 minutes. <laughs> you know what? I mm. read one thing on... In the heat. Uh, on, like, let's wear him down yeah. in the first game. And then he wins the game. And I'm like, I'm good now. That's where I wanted him. <laughs> I wanted him to die with the heat. And Novak did not look good, actually, in the heat. He, he really struggles in the heat. It's he really interesting. The, you know he's what? never played a bloody day match here in like four years. Well, you know what it is? It's really interesting. <clears throat> like, I never struggled in the heat. I always... Like, when it was hot, I was like, yes, this is good for me. When I got older, I think when I turned 32, 33, all of a sudden it really bothered me. Now, Novak always was kind of bothered by the heat, so that's different. But age, this is the one thing that switched for me from great from white to night yes yes it was like Mm. i was every time i would look at the weather forecast 35 degrees come on this is good for me i'm fit i can outlast anybody and i turned 33 34 and all of a sudden when it was hot i was struggling i was cramping i was it was not good so age does play a factor i think when it comes to terrible or really difficult conditions but I read one thing on social media and I was dying. And if it's you who wrote this, please let us know because I forgot who it was because I wanted to give credit. Somebody said, um, Taylor Fritz is playing really solid. So I guess he will lose 756362. And, and it was like such a astute observation because Taylor, if he doesn't learn to come to the net and I do know. a thing a little bit differently, he plays. Very good, just like Djokovic, but slightly worse. And so Novak will always come out on top, you yeah. know. And, and that's how it, it looks for And he for died. Me. He died in in, uh, in the third and fourth sets. But I, I really like, I think Taylor's really improving so much. He's He has to, like Kostyuk, calm down with the getting frustrated. I thought he was pretty good yesterday because he had to conserve the energy. And sometimes when it's really hot, you do conserve the energy because you don't have it in energy you to, argue. to yeah. But <clears throat> I think, you know, I did uh, have a little chat you know, just on text with him last night. And he said, you know, once once I do the work, because I'm not sure if he could do a lot of the work in the off season, mm. um, you know, he, he feels like he can maybe last longer um, because he died a little bit. But I, I have high hopes for him. I think last year I actually said, I think he can win a slam. Um, then through the year last year, I was like, no, he can't because his attitude and he gets so upset at himself in a five set match. He can get away with it in best of three because he's just better than most people. But in best of five, you're going to run up against Novaks, Sinners, Alcarazes, and they're going to chop you in five sets because they're just going to look down the other end and be like, this dude's an idiot. You know yeah. what I mean? And they're just going to hang in there and they're going to win those matches. So, But I really I want to be positive about Taylor because I think he's um, I think he's taking steps in the right direction again. Um, and I think he's going to be playing very well on the hard court mm. in the U.S. like he did one year when he yeah. won Indian Wells. So uh, good for him. But Novak will chop you like a linden tree. A linton tree. A linton tree. What the hell is that? Isn't that the tree? I have no idea. Well, um, I do want to say this is the best showing at a Grand Slam of Taylor Fritz in a long time, right? Yeah. So yeah. he is well, making. Well, he lost to Novak in the US Open. He got chopped. Um, like a linton tree. Like a linton tree. <laughs> um, and if anyone knows what that is, let us know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he played great at the US Open last year. He didn't lose a set, and mm. then he just got chopped. 
like a linton tree <laughs> by Novak. So a better effort from him here. I'm, I'm excited for him, and I think he can do well, particularly at Wimbledon. I think he can do well. But if he can come into the net a little bit more. But he's not overly comfortable, but I know they're working on it, mm. um, and we'll see because his volleys are a little dodgy. I'm not going to lie. All right, let's get to the next semi. And one, sorry, this one thing I had yesterday, the observation, whenever Novak was on the stretch and put like a small little, I think really what they should do is just play <clears throat> like kids in the service uh, thing yeah. and just play the cross courts with forehands and backhands because whenever Djokovic was completely on the stretch and just put, put a small slice behind the, the net, box. Taylor hit drop shots into his own shoe at times or just frame that he has no feeling or he doesn't feel comfortable on these shots so he pushes them and it's funny and he needs that and he has that flick with his hand he has that wrist he's tall though he is tall but this is the one thing he really needs to learn because if he plays good movers that's what they will do they will put these little small slices and on in Wimbledon specifically so he needs to work on that yeah that's that's a really great observation i know that sam for example struggled with that shot oh interesting me too that's why i had this observation and we practiced that so yeah. much in the end where towards the end of her career i have to say sam got really comfortable with mm. that shot and did not miss it very much yeah. at all yeah um and because when you what you need to practice is practice that but also have a specific place where you want to hit it yes and when you run up to there you don't you have that know, panic. so you know so you know what you're about to like do, me basically. running in for that shot i was like licking my chops because i was like yes i'm going to get into the net i had good feel like that didn't panic me whereas somebody who never goes into the net i was not super comfortable the anxiety level as they're running up to it is you're freaking out because you're like, what do I hit it? What if I have to do the volley? Oh my God. You know? And so he needs to practice that. And when he does, like you said, we're going to, I'm going to let him know that you observe that. So he's well, you know, the thing, the difference with Sam though, when she's on the backhand, she has the feeling to put a counter drop. But on the forehand, she really struggles. But Taylor doesn't have that either. So he really, you can see him panic and he pulled it off a few times yesterday, but you can see him going like, Oh my God, what do I do? Listen, Sam Sam will tell you that she wasn't the best with touch around the net. Yeah. So the the backhand, I feel like, well, and um, just a few words on Novak. He's 36 years old. And he is outlasting a 20-something-year-old in this heat uh, on the court. And what I what he's done so tremendously since he's gotten a bit older, when he saw that he lost, that he got broken in the second set, and he tried a few times and was like, ah, I don't think I'm going to break back, he lets it go. Yeah. He lets it go and then regroups for the third set. And he, that's what I meant when we talked about Kostyuk by managing your energies. And when he was 22, he didn't have to manage his energies, but now he's 36 and now he's managing them perfectly. And when he saw, oh, I don't think I can come back into this. It's really hard. Let it go. The shade will come and third and fourth are mine. And that's exactly how it did it. And then the other guy died. Which is why when people say about men's best of five is so much more difficult and it is in a lot of ways, but also women can't afford to chuck a set away. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Because they're into the third, uh, there's a long way, it's, uh, it's, it can be over like that. So anyway, <clears throat> all right, he's playing up against, in the semifinals, your favorite person, Yannick Sinternet. Yannick Sinternet, and yes, <laughs> oh my God, that was so embarrassing, but also great. Yesterday, the Australian Open are making an AO film, they call it. They show it before the final, and it's supposed to be like a band, like, this is how great the Australian Open 2024 were, and they have all these experts, quote unquote, because... <clears throat> 
they asked me to do it. So how much of an expert they can they really me, be? So there you go. <laughs> so, um, so th- you have to give all your all these like opinions and uh, thoughts on who is going to win and how they played. And they asked me in pockets, right? So they didn't like talk about Coco Golf, talk about costume. They would go like talk about Golf, Sabalenka, and Rybakina. Talk about because they want to make a summary of the entire tournament, right? And then they w- went like, okay, talk about Sina, Rublev, and Djokovic, please. And so I was like, well, Djokovic, na na na, and uh, Rublev, a quarterfinal. Uh-huh. And then um, and Yannick Sinternet, and everyone was like, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> what? Like, Who's Yannick Sinternet? And I've been saying it for so long, and I've been repeating it because so much. Because it's your much. wireless password. It's my wireless. My wireless network at home is Yannick Sinternet. And now I cannot say Yannick Sinner anymore. And I said it in an official AO film and we had to cut. And I, I had hope, to take it from the beginning, I from hope, the top. <laughs> I hope they use it as one of their bloopers because that would be hilarious. But anyway, Yannick played great last night again. Um, poor old Rublev. Uh, o and 10 in, quarter. in quarterfinals of Grand Slams. But he has always played arguably the best player in he those has. quarters. He's played Novak. He's played Nadal. Uh, the two that we thought that maybe he could have won were Chilich and at the Francis Tiafo at the US Open. But then we also said that those two players at that time were playing incredibly well yeah. in those moments. Yeah. So he's either come up with the hottest player, mm. you know, arguably in the tournament that's, you know, sort of won some big matches, or he's played the greatest players of all time. So. Uh, well, maybe he'll it, just get one is, year where he gets lucky and he plays like a rando in the quarters yeah. and wins. But And this is a little bit uh, of a systemic thing as well because he's always, I think now he's making strides to be a regular top five player, but he was very often seeded seven or eight. Yeah. And the thing is, if you're seeded seven or eight, just by the mechanics of the draw, you will meet the first or second best player in the quarterfinals. Yeah. So he's always run into them just by the mechanics of how the seeding system works. So if he can become a regular in the top five, maybe even in the top four, he I think he will have much more openings that where he can get to to the stage because he's good enough. Well, there's a the, the issue for him to be in the top four in the world is that you've got to make semis and finals of slams. And that's the thing. And so yeah. there you go. So he yeah. has to have a breakthrough moment. But aside from that, we love him. Um, what about absolutely crazy, and we love it. But Yannick Sinner now playing Novak. Oh my the God! Match of the it's the match of the tournament. I mm. mean, there's no question about that. And we haven't even once again talked really about Alcaraz, and he's just sliding in yeah. under the radar. This is the best scenario for Carlos Alcaraz. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. nobody has him under. I don't know why he's playing really well. And the sets he lost, he lost against really good players, against Lorenzo Sonego, who came out hot in yeah. season 2024. He's playing so well. Um, and uh, and Carlitos, he's just flying, Under the flying, cover. flying, flying. So so good for him. So, so anyway, but but uh, Yannick had a little air pocket, air pocket or something in his rib cage area yesterday for a couple of games, and we were sitting here going, "Oh no, no, no! Don't don't have an injury. Like you don't want to see that happen. Like what happened with Svitolina, for example. Mm-hmm. So which was like hopefully just a back spasm, which you know put her out for twenty four hours basically, yeah. and that just sucks. So. We're glad that he got through that. He played really well to finish it off. He looks incredibly composed and he's coming up with some great serving, big, huge ground strokes when it counts. And he's just so impressive. So <clears throat> Novak's definitely going to have to bring his best. This is a guy that beat him two weeks, two, two times within two weeks. Mm. I know it's at best of three, so it's very different. Mm. Um, but still, I would say arguably that Sinat 
and Novak are the two best players in the world right now, and Alcaraz, because he did not have a great end of after Wimbledon last year. So I would say these two are the absolute two favourites. They were my favourites to win mm. the tournament. Um, so one of them is going to knock each other out, and I think that person will probably win the tournament, although Carlos might have something to say about that. But anyway, and we thoughts, have such last a, thoughts? Just the last thoughts. Bright future ahead of us with the uh, Sinner-Alcaraz rivalry, hopefully, yes. and um, obviously with the other great players that are pushing in the back, but hopefully that's something to look forward to. And what is really great, I think, I think we might see two fresh players in Djokovic and Sinner because... Yes. They have two days off now. Yeah, they have two days off. So, so I think that is great because you don't want to have that. We How often do we see a semifinal where one dude played six hours until 3 a.m. and you're like just praying that he doesn't die on court? Yeah. You don't want that. You want the best informed players. And uh, Novak is the greatest of all time. And he, Yannick is arguably the player of the last few months. Yeah. And they will hopefully be fresh in two days and we will see great tennis and that's all we can ask for. That's all we can ask for. All right, guys, we are off to the courts. Petko is going to play one more match today. She survived. There's no injuries. Touch wood. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll bring it to you all on ESPN and also, of course, on the World Feed. So, again, please subscribe. Please give us a nice rating because we'll love you even more for that. But we appreciate you listening to us once again. And for today, it's not good night because it's in the morning because we were really tired last night. Yeah. It is just... Choose! Bye!